Easter Sunday, I'm going to Easter message. Today is Easter Sunday, and I will be sharing with you an Easter Sunday message. And our focus today is Lord Jesus, the conqueror of death. Let us look at two passages in the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 to 57. And Revelations 1, verse 18. Let's first look at Revelations 1, 18. These are words of Jesus Christ. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. We are afraid of death because we have never died. So we have no idea what death will bring. Those who are dead cannot come back and tell us what happened. What death really is. So that's why we are filled with uncertainty when it comes to death. This is what's, uh, what's most frightening about death for us. But there was one person he said this. I was dead. Now I am alive again. And I will be alive forever and ever. And this, are, this is our Lord Jesus Christ. For you and for me, he died on the cross. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. How can a person who died rise again, rose again? Somebody who's buried. How can that person be resurrected? And today, we are, a lot of people are, are going through cremation. And how can somebody whose whole body has been burned to ashes, how can that person be resurrected? So a lot of people find it hard to believe. There's no way that a person can be resurrected. But in reality, there are a lot of different situations of resurrection around us, but we fail to see it. If you live in a place where there are four seasons, you would notice something very special. When winter comes, a lot of the different plants of trees, they look like they are dead. You look at this uh, tree, it's just a piece of wood. It looks like it's dead. But when spring comes, you would see a different kind of uh, view or image. What was seemingly a dead piece of wood would spring to life. This tree has been resurrected. Jesus said, uh, a seed, if it's not if it's not dead and buried under the soil, it will just remain a seed. But if it's dead and you bury in the soil, from it, it will spring out or sprout out a tree full of different seeds. Life will spring again. 
a small seed of, of a rose, if you plant it in the soil, it's dead. What's amazing, this plant that uh, will, will spring up and then from it will, be, uh, will blossom uh, a rose. This is the meaning of resurrection. Our physical body is a corrupt body. Uh, there'll come a time you'd find that your body is wasting, will, will keep wasting away. There are people who always say, You have not changed. You look like you're getting more attractive. Especially women, if you address it, women they'll find it very they'll be very happy about it because women love to be deceived how is it possible that a person becomes more and more beautiful you're a monster because we will become less and less attractive you just not you you just not notice it this physical body on one day you would find it wasting away thank the lord if you have the life of jesus in you the life of resurrection will spring out from you. Just like a seed will come a rose. That is the meaning of resurrection. This is the life of Christian. Today, as we celebrate Easter, I'd like to share with you the truth between uh, about death and living. I want you to take note of three very important things. Number one, number one, death is man's final destination. There's nobody who lived that can prevent this. That's why in Hebrews 9.27, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, death is each and every one of us are final destination. There is no one here who can prevent it. In the past, there's this uh, series in the United States. Yeah, the final destination. It's called the final destination. Final destination. It's a very horrifying series. But the main point, the main theme is only one thing. When death comes for you, there's no way you can run out, uh, run away from it. Death is our final destination. Unless you're 70 or 80 years old, you'd find that death is a very a distant concept. And for most of you who are uh, below 70, you'd find that Death is far away, it's not time yet. But in reality, it may not be the case. This person used three Chinese words to describe uh, the whole life of a person. If you are Cantonese, these three character, Chinese characters sound exactly the same. 
It's called mong. So I saw my mong, 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 mong. So you find it mong, mong, mong. This is talking With these three words, these, these three Chinese characters, it describes our whole lifetime. The first Chinese character describes us as being busy. We are busy every day. We are busy from the, the crack of dawn until evening. So at night we go sleep. After we wake up, we repeat the same process again. We are so busy every day, we don't even know why we are busy. On March, my wife and I would travel to Hong Kong to make uh, to to uh, process our uh, Hong Kong ID. And on these past uh, three days, while we were there, my wife walked ten thousand steps a day. This broke her uh, regular record. You know why? You know why? Because in Hong Kong, if you don't walk, people will push you. Everyone is busy. Once you go to the subway, once the door of the subway train opens, everybody would just rush. We don't know why we are so busy. But the second Chinese character Mang means uh, a loss. You don't know why you are so busy. But we are not just we're just not thinking. Seems like we cannot stop our feet from moving forward. Until you're senior when you're 60, you ask yourself this question. I'm already senior. It will just uh, shock you and you'll be awakened. Why was I so busy my, for my whole life? What were the things that I did? Time was no longer, it's no longer in your hand. You come to the third Chinese character, the, Chinese, the third Bang, which means to die. These are the three Chinese characters that describes our whole life. Let me ask you two questions. Why does man die? Second, why does man commit sin? First question, why does man die? When we were a child, we often hear our mother say, when you grow old, you die. So in our concept as a child, we think that once we grow old, we die. But in reality, that may not be the case. There was this young child who asked his mom the same question. He said, Mom, why do people die? At what age do we die? And the mother didn't answer that once you grow old, you die. Because that mom was very wise. And she said, and in the future, I will let you know. On, on, during All Saints Day, she brought the child to the cemetery. She said, son, look at each of the tombstones. Tell me what, at what age did that person die. So that child went from one tombstone to another. And after that, he, uh, he came back to report to the mother, mother, I know. 
人随时会死啊。They would die immediately. 因为你做在啊。How would you know? 你讲有人哦。You're a person. 不十倍死啦。Who died at the age of eight? 有人七十倍死啦。Others at seventy. 有人三十倍死啦。Who died when they're thirty? 有人十几岁会死啊。There are people who died in their teens. 够 baby 死吧。There are even infant or babies who died. 哎呀，原来人随时都会死啊。He came to the conclusion that we can die at any time. 这个聪明的老母哦。Very wise mother. 就趁这个机会。Use that opportunity to share the gospel to that to her son. The Bible tells us, after man sinned, death came to all people. Look at Romans five twelve. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Because all sinned. Because all sinned. This is the main reason why we all die. It's not because we grow old and then we die. We will die because we sinned, because that is the result of sin. So we need to ask the second question. Why do men sin? First Corinthians 15:55-57. Where O death is your victory? Where O death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul asked himself two questions. Where O death is your victory? Where death is your sting? And he answered himself. He said, "Death sting is sin." And since victory is the law. What does this mean? What does what do you mean that death sting is sin? Sin. It's just like a scorpion. And on that, on the tail, you find that there's this stinger. And when that stinger hits you or embeds itself on you, it transfers its toxins into your body. That is sin. As we face sin, the sting of death or the toxins of death of of sin will come into our body. Slowly, we die. There are sins that are quite evident. After you commit that sin, people will see it and you'll get arrested. Just like if you stole something, or if you smuggled something, or if you killed somebody. The moment you commit that sin, the moment you are arrested. There are, there are sins that kills you slowly. Just like if you gamble. You don't immediately die when you gamble. But gambling will destroy your family slowly. There are people, there are men who love to 
have many women, you will not immediately die. It will slowly, uh, slowly destroy your family. The wages of sin is death. So the frightening and horrifying result of sin is death. Not only do we die physically, it's, it's on, uh, when we face God's judgment, we will be pronounced dead. And why do we, what do we mean when we say the victory of death is the law? Sin is a kind of power. And we cannot, we cannot, uh, we cannot free ourselves from the bondage of the law. We don't want to sin, but we commit sin. That's our concept. I commit sin, that's why I'm a sinner. But the Bible's concept and the Bible's teaching is completely different. You are a sinner, that's why you sin. Let's look at it. As parents, do we teach our children how to sin? Do we teach our children how to lie? Do we teach our children how to steal? Or do we teach our children how to hate people? But I guarantee you, the day that your child was born, at the start, initially when you look at all babies, they look like angels. It's just like they have no wings. But look at them. This baby. This angelic looking baby. If you don't teach them properly, they'll become little devils. Their horns will come out. You know why? Because we have our sinful nature in us. We don't need to teach them. They would sin naturally. Law by itself is good. Because the law will show us what is right and what is wrong. But the law it just proves to us that we are sinners. For example, for example, for example in the future, on, on, uh, outside our elevator doors, we put in a poster. Please give priority to the elderly, the people with disabilities, pregnant women, and children. And on that time, we need to place this sign on our elevators. You know what, that's, that's, what that means? It means that a lot of the people who are well, members here or who are attending here are not giving way to those elderly people with so disability or pregnant women and children. So, so that's why we have no choice. So like law. <laughs> we need to put in that sign. That moment, if you see in the whole church, you put in another sign, warning, no spitting allowed. What does that mean? It means that a lot of people would spit indiscriminately in different places. If you see a lot of laws and a lot of signs in the place, it just proves one thing. A lot of people are disobedient to the law. So at whatever the moment, but we don't have to put in these signs. It means that all of us are compliant to the law. 
Lord, uh, Lord help us. That our church will become like that. That we don't have to put in a lot of uh, rules and regulations for all to see. A lot of us, most of us, are compliant to the Lord. We started putting up a gym, a basketball gym, in, uh, uh, on our fifth floor. After a few months, I mean, Pastor Gong, meeting, meeting. We, uh, we have to hold a mid- meeting with our administ- uh, you know admin why? pastor. You know why? A lot of people are not following their guidelines. They sign up, but they don't show up and they ask other people to show up. But what do you do? The guidelines are very clear, but you're not following the guidelines. Because abused. That's what we call abuse. A lot of different things. The law by itself is good. We are not good. That's why we say that the victory of death is the law. Man dies because he has committed a sin. Man sins because he is controlled by the power of sin. Uh, through the law, one knows what he should not do, but he can't help himself. Death becomes man's final destination. We thank the Lord. Lord Jesus is the conqueror of death. Death is truly frightening. And for many of us, death is very mysterious. We thank the Lord. There is this person who conquered death. Not only did he conquer death, and in his hand he holds the key to both death and Hades. What does this mean? means that both death and Hades are under the, uh, the hand of Jesus Christ. He's the master of death and Hades. We need to ask ourselves this question. How? How? How did Jesus control both death and Hades? In this world, nobody is born to die. Immediately, they're not born uh, for the purpose of death. When we die, uh, when we are born, all of us want to live. It's like a mother who gives birth. If there's a problem with that baby. The parents use all their resources of time, money, and all the things that they can do to preserve the life of that child. Life is very precious. So it proves to us that none of us wants to die. We all want to live. But Jesus Christ was born for the specific purpose of dying. Nobody is born here for the purpose of dying. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Look at Galatians 1 verse 4. Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself 
for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Jesus Christ came to this world to die on the cross in accordance to the will of our Father. That's why in Hebrews 10 verse 7, Jesus said, Then he said, Here I am, it is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, my God. Nobody ever made that statement. My God. I live in this world for your will. You want me to die, I will die. You want me to live, I will live. Only Jesus was like that. That's why in the book of Hebrews, it tells us another thing. In chapter 2, verse 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus put on himself our physical body, this humanity, for one reason alone. For his death to overthrow the power of the devil. After we sinned, we became slaves of sin. We are in bondage to both sin and death. Nobody can, can win over this. That's why God sent his only son to solve this problem once and for all. Like, I often like to share this testimony. Because after President Clinton uh, became uh, the president, one, uh, he invited this very famous evangelist, Bill, Dr. Billy Graham, to go to the uh, White House for the uh, breakfast prayer. So they invited all those who are uh, VIPs to attend. And Billy Graham uh, was very blunt in saying this. This world, there are two problems that no man, no man can solve. Including the most powerful person on earth today, the President of the United States. It's a problem of sin and death. There is no one here who can solve that problem. Only Jesus can solve that problem. Death comes from sin. That's why death is our final enemy. And it's our most uh, frightening and a fearful enemy. And no one can, uh, can conquer death. There is no power here on earth that can overcome this. Even religion cannot solve this problem. Religion cannot solve the problem of sin and death, including Christianity. If you look at Christianity as a mere religion, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm sorry to inform you. I'm sorry to inform you. You are not saved. Because religion has no power to save lives. 
the, uh, the founder of Islam, Muhammad, is dead. Uh, Sakyama, the founder of Buddhism, Confucius, the founder of Confucianism, is already, was, is already dead. What? Only the tomb of Jesus Christ remains empty. If you have an opportunity to travel to the Holy Land, I'm for sure you would visit this place. This is the tomb of Jesus Christ. Before you find this a wall with a hole in it, once you uh, enter that, you find an empty tomb. Because Jesus is no longer there. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is resurrected. He rose from the dead after the third day. The Bible tells us for the wages of sin is death. All of us who are sinners will have to face death. But Jesus never sinned. So after Jesus died, after spending three days in Hades, you can imagine what Jesus did in Hades. He faced the power and the judgment of Hades. Because Hades wants Jesus to remain there. Because Jesus only committed one sin. Rather, if Jesus had committed even just one sin, then he will never escape the part of Hades. For the wages of sin is dead. After three days, they can find no fault in Jesus Christ. So after the third day, Jesus rose again from the Hades. And on his hand, he holds both the, key, the keys of both death and he because he has no sin. Jesus died for both you and me. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. And Jesus freed those who uh, all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Your church, a lot of people, including a lot of Christians, we are in bondage to sin. Even though we are Christians, we are still in bondage to a lot of things. That's why we are not experiencing freedom. For example, we attend a memorial service. I hear say, I hear say. There are people who will not go directly home after going to the memorial service. They would go out first. They would drink coffee first or have a meal. You know why? They are not supposed to bring that bad luck into their house. Who taught you that? So aren't you really evil because you're bringing that bad luck into the coffee shop? These are influences of, of sin and the bondage of sin over us. Jesus has set us free. You know, before I became a Christian, I was severely afraid of death. I was truly afraid of death. This was before I became a Christian. 
I remember that I went to a, a fortune teller with my mother. The fortune teller read my palm. This is probably about 50 years ago. So the person read my palm. And he said, In your hand, you can find a line, we call it the line of life. Oh, it's very long. Of course, I oh, very happy long, long when I heard life, that. Long life. Because I would have long life. What? Look at this line. There's, there's, a, a, there's a break there in the middle. If you don't connect it properly, continue. Because it's implied. And you know what's implied after it. From that day on, I was so afraid of death and things pertaining to death. So there are two places that I would not I want to go. One is the hospital and the other is a funeral home. Because these are places with a lot of dead people. I was in bondage to sin. So thank God. After I became a Christian, I now know that my life is not in the hands of any person. My hand is not in the hands of any uh, powers here on this earth. If God calls me home, I cannot remain here. If God wants me to remain, then I cannot go home. If sometimes we find it strange. There are people who really take good care of their body. Bye bye. But there are people whose whole life is filled with illness after illness, but they, are, are they, they live. Please remember, because our life is in the hands of our Lord. There's something that truly, uh, that I never imagined. Not only did the Lord save my life, but He has called me out to serve Him. The, uh, the end result <laughs> both hospital and the funeral homes became places I have to frequently go in the past I don't want to go to this place but now I have to frequent this place but for me there's, there's nothing frightening about them anymore I remember the very first time I saw that person I was only a pastor for about a year or so. I, heard, I received a phone call late at night. It's, probably, it's about 3 a.m. in the morning. There's an old sister who called me. She said, she said to me, my, my, she was weeping and she said to me, my husband died. Where is he? He's here at home. So I drove to her house. This couple came from Hong Kong. All their children are in Hong Kong. So when I went there, so I saw her husband there on the bed. So she was there beside her husband, weeping. It was my first time to be physically in front of a dead person. And I realized that there's nothing frightening about a dead person. 
it looks like he looks like he's just sleeping there. So I called the hospital for, for them to pick up the, the, the dead body. Ambulance, the ambulance brought the dead body to the hospital. Then brought the, the body to the funeral home. That's how it is. That's how his life ended. After, when we look at our life, after, after our death, seems like we just sleep. We are truly just sleeping. So that's why in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13 tells us, Brothers and sisters, we, don't, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not give up like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We are people of hope. These people are just sleeping. They are resting. Because one day, when the Lord returns, we will be resurrected. But, there's this third point that's even more important. Please remember this. Those who belong to Jesus are conquerors of death. Today is Easter Sunday. Today is also the day in which we will baptize 20 plus people from our church. A baptism is a public pronounce, a, pro, a proclamation. It's to proclaim that we are people who belong to God. It's a proclamation and declaration of our victory over death. And, and baptism. There are three very important meanings behind it. The first, it's the, it tells of the truth that we are death with Christ. Look at Romans 6, verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We, uh, we baptize, in our church, we baptize through immersion. We, uh, we immerse the whole, per- the whole person into the, uh, the pool of water. And we lift them up once more. It symbolizes the death of the person and the resurrection of the person. There are special cases wherein we are not able to uh, immerse that person. Or those who are elderly. Those who are frail in their physical health. Because we, uh, they, they, are, they cannot go through immersion. Because they will probably get sick and they probably would die. And I have no power to resurrect them. So what do we do? So we sprinkle. It's, uh, the meaning remains the same. Baptism is a, is a, there is a very important meaning there in the baptism. We died together with Christ on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 God made him who has no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God this is very important Jesus died for our sins he died for us not for his own sin so when Jesus Christ was there on the cross he said Father why have you forsaken me you know why? You know why? Because at that moment, he was the 
greatest sinner in the whole world. Because all the sins of the world had been placed upon him. And he was the filthiest person in the whole world. So the holy God refused to look at him. That's why he shouted, Father, why have you forsaken me? But God, for our sins, throw all our sins into Jesus Christ. Jesus died. He died for us. He died together with Christ on the cross. That's the first meaning of baptism. The second meaning that we are buried with Christ together. Look at verse 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the death through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For me, for, that's why I'm saying that baptism means to die together with Christ, to be buried together with Christ, and to be resurrected together with Christ. Let me ask you this. If you remove this middle part, this being buried with Christ, we die together with Christ, we resurrected together with Christ. It's the same. Why do we need to place emphasis on being buried together with Christ? You know why the Bible had to point this out? Because to be buried means the end of all things. After we die, we refuse to be buried. It seems like there is an unfinished business. Just like in the past, president, the late President Marcus, uh, the past presidents refused to allow him burial. So everyone has to will, will visit his mausoleum. Because it's unfinished business. Until the, uh, the past president allowed him burial. Nobody visits him anymore. Because it's finished. To be buried together with Christ uh, signifies one important thing. It's the end of everything for us. We no longer have to carry with us the sense of guilt. You know what's most frightening about Satan? Before you sin, he, he will tempt you to sin. It's okay. Everyone does it. Christians don't it. So it's okay. You're a Christian. After you sin, you pray and ask for forgiveness. It'll be okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Even the pastor is it. Go. So after you, you sin, he will condemn you. He will accuse you. What kind of Christian are you? It's better for you to die. That's why the Bible points out that we need to be buried together with Christ. We should no longer be under the spell of Satan. All our sins have in the past it's been buried. May the Lord help us. And the last and most important one, the truth of being alive with Christ. Look at Romans 6 verse 5, For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Thank the Lord. All of us have been raised from the death 
with Christ. Not only is Christ the conqueror of death, we, uh, you and I, are both conquerors of death. I've been a pastor for so many years. I often have this kind of feeling. A true Christian, after the person dies, you go to the funeral home, you'd find that the power of death, the, the feeling of death is not that heavy. Yes, somebody died. But it's not like we will be mourning like a person without any hope. Because each one of us, we have this hope. And this hope in us can overcome that, that atmosphere of death. This is something that I cannot explain. Before COVID-19, before, before COVID-19, about three years ago, I attended a funeral service, a memorial service for an old sister. She was 90 plus when she died. These, uh, the, whole family, uh, the whole family was a family of Christians. And this was the first time that I witnessed this. So went, went to the funeral home. The whole clan wearing red. All of them were wearing red. It was the first time for me to, to witness such a phenomenon. So after the service, the eldest son came to speak. Maybe all of you will find it strange that all of us are wearing red. This was something that was uh, that was uh, insisted by my mom before she died. My mom said, before I die, uh, after I die, all of you have to rejoice. Because I will be with Jesus. There's nothing uh, um, mournful about it. All of you have to rejoice. All of you wear red. Because it was upon the insistence of the mother before she died. So after I heard the eldest son speak, I have this peace, a feeling of peace within me. This is a true Christian. She had no fear whatsoever about death. But she knew. Jesus conquered death. Likewise, we have been, we died with Christ, we have been buried with Christ, and we are resurrected together with Christ. Death may be the most frightening thing for mankind. And death is the final destination of all mankind. We thank God. Because through Jesus Christ, we have become conquerors of both sin and death. Because in front of death, if we have our faith, if we have the life of Jesus Christ in us, we will become conquerors of both sin and death. How about you? How about you? That you will be like me. That we will become conquerors of death. When our time is up, we will have no fear. Because we know. We know where we will be going. I will be going to where my Lord is. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray.
Dear God, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We rejoice in you because you are a risen Lord. Because today, Lord, is your victory. And because of you, we are all victors, Lord, over sin and over death, Lord. No longer are we bond in bondage to sin. No longer do we have to say yes to sin. But right now, because of your power, because of your resurrection, because of your sacrifice on the cross, Lord, you have given us the power to say yes to righteousness, Amen. to be reconciled with our Father, Lord. And we fear no death, we fear no sin anymore, Lord, because we have you in us. Help us, Lord, to live according to our new nature and no longer revert back to our old self, Lord. We are not defeated, we are victors, Lord, and help us to live victoriously. Thank you for today. Thank you for your death on the cross. Thank you for your resurrection, Lord. And thank you for this reminder that we, because of you, are conquerors of death. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.